This episode of Soundless Doctrine is the third of five, focusing on what really matters to God in our Sunday gatherings. Devin Coughlin joins us as we talk about the importance of our meetings being Christ-centered and gospel-driven. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. And I'm Bob Coughlin. And we are joined... Uh, by... Some random guy who just happened to show up. Yeah, random guy we found outside. Hey, it's good to be here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? We're having a good time. <laughs> this Devin. is Devin Coughlin, and he has been uh, with us on this podcast. This is actually part three of a series that we are doing. Uh, if you haven't heard the uh, part one and part two, you should go back and take Better, a listen. You cannot on listen to this one until you listen to those two. Uh, maybe, That's... maybe not. Okay. You, I guess uh, we can't make them. But uh, we are talking about a lot of different core values. Um, and so, Bob, what have we covered already? Well, we've covered uh, that our meetings, we're, we're talking about core values of uh, you know, the corporate gathering. Mm-hmm. What should the church be focused on as we gather? So first it was that our meetings should be God-initiated and exalting. And then last time we talked about they should be Scripture-governed and fueled. And I should say, I mean, for each of these categories... There's so much more we could uh, yeah, right. talk about, but we're we're kind of using this as a uh, opportunity to flesh out some of our own thoughts on this, mm-hmm. and um, because we think it's it's so important that we be clear on what we're aiming at and what mm-hmm. we're seeking to do when we gather. So the mm-hmm. third core value would be that our gathering should be Christ-centered and gospel-driven, and we. We've gone back and forth on this. Like, how do we phrase that? Is it gospel-centered and driven, or is it Christ-centered, Christ-driven? That doesn't sound right. Yeah. Hmm. And and the reason is because when you you say a, a meeting is Christ-exalting, I mean that that's taken from uh, you know Colossians one eighteen, places like Colossians one eighteen where. Uh, Paul says that Jesus, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we are to be exalting Christ. He's to be the center of everything. We are, uh, that's what history is hurling towards, everything being summed up in Christ, as it says in Ephesians 1. Um, Everything's going to fall under him. So Christ is to be the center of our meetings, our gatherings, and our lives. But when you say that, we can forget, unbelievably, at times, you know, what is the center of, of what Christ came to do mm-hmm. on the earth, which was to be our substitute on the cross, to take our punishment, receive the wrath of God. He became sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Mm -hmm. God made him to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. He paid for our transgressions. He was the propitiation, satisfying God's wrath against us so that we could be justified in God's sight, adopted into his family, forgiven of all our sins, and and be enjoy the the fellowship of the triune God. So that's the gospel, the heart of the gospel. And so our meeting should be about Christ and what he's done. Mm-hmm. So Devin, you look like you're about to share some thoughts or I just wanted to add to that. I think it's so it's so helpful. I mean, as we talk about these things, one to keep in mind that which we're denying. So to be uh, Christ-centered means we're not man-centered, we're not experience-centered, mm-hmm. we're centered on Christ. Um, but then I also think it's good to keep the 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 end in mind. The I mean, we've been talking about aims, but the end of all things is 
around the throne of God. Yes. And we see how Christ is exalted there. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, just we can we can say we're Christ centered and fail to delve into the glories of the gospel. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. when I mean we look at Revelation uh, four and five in particular, and that's one of the one of the places where oftentimes we'll go to talk about how incredible it is to see just this diversity around the throne, mm-hmm. and uh, and in one sense we can approach those texts. And the corporate worship of the church as one that is more experience centered. Yeah. Mm. And yes. so, isn't this so great that God mm. brings together yeah. this diverse group of people? Mm-hmm. And yes, and amen, it is mm. so great. But what's so great about it is not so much this experience, as wonderful as that is. Yes. What's so great about it is the one we are focused on. Yes. And so, yes. he's revealed that Revelation 5. And then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, mm. saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain mm-hmm. to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Mm. And I heard every yeah. creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne mm. and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So because of that vision, that that day that we are anticipating, that day to which all history is moving yes, towards, yes. we must be Christ-centered. Yes. And that means gospel-driven as well yes, in our gatherings. Yes, yeah. And it, it's not... It just seems so obvious. I mean, all these things we've covered thus far, and we'll cover, it just seems to be so obvious, but we regularly miss it. Mm-hmm. We, we, we gather together and we somehow make it about us yeah. and what we've, we, we've done. You know, every meeting tells a story. We're, we're telling a story about something that's significant, whether it's where we've been or where we're going or who we are. But the story that God calls his people to proclaim again and again throughout history is the story of his deliverance. Now, the, we were condemned. Adam and Eve rejected God. They turned away from him, were cast out of his presence. They rejected his authority. And now God has said, I will redeem you back to myself. I will bring you back to myself. And to you know, forever and ever, you will be proclaiming how I delivered you. Uh, I'm in the book of Exodus in my Bible reading. It's one of the places I am right now. And you know, it's just the story of of God delivering his people from the slavery of Egypt. And so he calls his people together at Mount Sinai and says, I am the Lord your God who delivered you out of Egypt from your slavery. Mm. And they're to celebrate that. And they're to live in light of that. And so every time we gather now, after Christ, it's the same thing, only now we're proclaiming a greater deliverance, much greater, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh to live Amen. the life right. we could never live, a perfect obedience to the Father, to be our sin-bearing substitute, incurring the wrath of God, rising from the dead. And we look back and we say, what a deliverance. And how can we not be Christ-centered? Mm. And as Devin just said, that's what we're headed towards. You know, in the, the new heavens and the new earth, we're going to be doing a lot of things, but one of the primary things we're going to be doing is just 
um, being amazed again and again mm-hmm. at what Jesus has done and who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the the reasons it's helpful to say Christ-centered and, and gospel-driven is that those who believe in a gospel-centered theology, you know, a, a gospel-centered Bible, a gospel-centered meetings, we can we can make gospel this category that's separate from the person of Christ. Mm, that's good. Jesus is the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And when when we make it just a doctrine, we we lose that relationship. We aren't saved by a doctrine. We're saved by a person, Amen. and that is Jesus Christ. And it's, you know, um, it's hard to think of an analogy, but what Jesus did to save us, he did because he loved us. He loved us and gave himself for us. Paul says in Galatians 2, he loved me and gave himself for me. Or that may mm-hmm. be another place. He says both. And, and that's, Paul was just undone by that. And we should be undone by that. Mm-hmm. And every week when we gather, it should be evident we're undone by this. This is not like, oh, well, we've got the doctrine right. We've got all the points together in the yeah. right places. We're singing the right yeah. kinds of songs. We make sure the songs are all the words are right. And it's like, can you believe this? You know, it should produce, it should produce such a, can you believe this? Yeah. We're a bunch of losers. Yeah. We were condemned. We were going to hell. We deserve eternal damnation. And instead, we get to gather in the presence of God. His Spirit's here. Jesus is here. Mm -hmm. We get to celebrate His kindness to us. He's kind. He's not condemning. Mm -hmm. He's good. He's not harsh. He's loving. He's not rejecting us. He's our Father. And it's all because of Jesus. (laughs) And what a reason to wake up every Sunday morning and go, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I was glad when they said, you know, let us go to the house of the Lord. I can't wait because we're going to center our thoughts and our minds and everything we do around this Jesus who redeemed the people for his glory. Yeah. Oh. And it's some it's so like you just said it's somehow shocking that we forget that or we move past yes. it so quickly. So how do you how do you do that? I mean, like in your in your corporate gatherings, mm, when mm. you say, you know, that's the question, isn't it? gospel driven. Yeah. How do you how do you approach the songs you sing and the liturgy you choose and your gatherings to not move past the fact yeah. that this is amazing news? Yeah. Like, don't miss this. Yeah, I mean, I have a ton of thoughts, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I do as well. Maybe I'll you should share go. Okay. a couple. Um, <laughs> I this it ties back to we talked about being scripture fueled in our corporate worship yeah. and it goes back to that mm-hmm. um and the god that we see revealed in scripture uh we have to see him as he is mm-hmm. and for who he is mm-hmm. um and in his um glory in his holiness in his independence even mm-hmm. i mean god is other than us mm-hmm. doesn't need us so so in order to grasp the glory and beauty of the gospel, first we do have to see God mm-hmm. as he is, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. apart from us. So that's one of the things that we seek to do each yeah. and every week. Yeah. Yeah. We seek to behold something of the glory and, and greatness of God. Uh, as we do that, I think Isaiah 6 presents it so well, uh, mm-hmm. where we see mm-hmm. Isaiah has this vision in the throne room, and he sees the holy, holy, holy God. And his response is one 
woe is me, for I'm a yes. man of unclean lips. Like once we see God, it's we can't come near Him, we can't approach Him. Mm-hmm. It's just all we can say is woe is me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, I think when uh, we look around at how a lot of churches gather. I don't think woe is me is really a category that we often have. It's not the posture. Well, I yeah, I, I preached on that passage and heard others preach on it and um, have... It's, it doesn't take preaching on it to see this. He says um, in, in verse 5, Isaiah 6, verse 5, the reason we don't say woe is me much, I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, hmm. the Lord of hosts. And it struck me that the reason we don't hear well was me very much is we because don't we don't see the King very much. Yeah, We come together, and it gets back to us being impressed with our own offerings. Mm. Um, and it's not, if the goal of your church or your mindset is we just need to get you know, bigger production system, bigger band, better instruments, better musicians. and not to, I mean, you might need better musicians, but if that's your goal, thinking that's, that's what's going to help everything, your sights are way too low, and they could be the exact opposite of what God intends. Mm. He wants us to see the King. Mm. And it's what that's you were good. saying, Dev. I, I think, and unless we as leaders are seeing the king in our personal mm-hmm. devotions, you know, in our times with the Lord in our daily lives. It's going to feel real fake, you know, getting up in front of people and, mm-hmm. and trying to help them see the king cuz we we don't think he's that impressive. Yeah. But he's really yeah. impressive and the gospel doesn't make any sense unless we see God as this holy, righteous other than us king, this transcendent sovereign king who rules, sustains everything, mm-hmm. and we're accountable to him. You know, otherwise, the gospel you know, is just not that big a deal. Yeah, it's, it's shocking. We shouldn't be shocked because we're sinful people, but how uh, I think how much more easily we are impressed with our, and by our, our pious intentions, mm-hmm. as we've mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, we're impressed by our offerings more than or sooner than we are impressed by mm. who God is. Mm. Mm. So if we're going to be gospel-driven, we have to, I love how you say it, see the king. Um, and when we see the king, we respond by confessing our sin, by acknowledging that woe is me. Mm. And who am I yeah. to come to God? Who am I to know God? Mm-hmm. Who am I to receive from God, hear from God? Um, and then... When we're at that point, what profound joy hmm. that we should feel when we see that he came to us, that we yeah. were yeah. dead yeah. in our sins. Yeah. He's made us alive together with Christ. <laughs> because of his great love for us. Because of his mm. great love for us. And so yeah. so th- for, for us week to week, we seek to have that, that rhythm uh, expressed in our gatherings. And that looks yeah. different ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's ex- expressed in different ways, but that rhythm is always there. When of, you say the rhythm. I, yeah, this rhythm up. of, of um, I've heard some people refer to it as adoration. I mean, it's just yeah. this acknowledgement mm-hmm. of the glory of God. This, this um, desire to see the king, yeah. this contemplation of who he is in his, in his glory and his greatness. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the second part of that rhythm is just our acknowledgement 
of our sin. And it's interesting. I mean, you, you read um, Calvin's Institutes, and, and where he sets up his institutes is is it all begins with knowledge. We cannot know God without knowledge of ourselves. We cannot know ourselves without knowledge of God. Yes, we yes. need both of those things, mm-hmm. and both of those things are seen not in this um, uh, self self uh, uh, aware and um, uh, elevating perspective on ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's us in our wow, we're really messed up. Yes, yes. yeah, um, yeah. Who we really are. It's who we yeah. really are. So there's that rhythm: adoration, confession. Yeah. We'll say. And then uh, for the people of God, assurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and God's it's, really it's done something. Assurance. About this. Yeah. God has bridged this gap that oh, I cannot fathom bridging. Yeah. I, I can't bridge on my own. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then, and then that that we respond then with gratitude and thankfulness yeah. uh, and joy at what God has done. Yeah. Well, and and I don't. I think Bob, like to a point that you said. Um, I don't think we should gloss over that. Uh, you know, if you're not doing this, if you're if you're leading the singing or you're preaching, if you're not doing this on in your own quiet times, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're not seeking the King, uh, it's not fueling your obedience to right. Him. That will be disingenuous, yeah. and that that will not encourage others to see the King. Absolutely, absolutely. We want to tell other people what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. bear witness. Yeah, want to bear yeah, witness yeah. to mm-hmm. what we've seen. David didn't say taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 34, because he, he just thought it was a good idea. He had tasted and seen mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back to your specific question, you know, how, how do we do this? I think one of the ways is by presenting the gospel clearly. Mm. And I think too many times we, we assume it. And I think it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I forget who said it, but, um, uh, you know, we're always one generation from losing the gospel. Mm. Or one generation knows the gospel, the next generation assumes it, and the next generation forgets it. That's so great. And and we just can never assume it. Yeah. I, there is a beauty and a joy and a there's, there's a... You know, a fresh zeal for Christ when I think about the specifics of what He has done, mm. and just never assume that that yeah, of course people know this. Mm-hmm. So, so we present it clearly, and then I think so in our songs, in our scriptures, in our teaching, in our prayers. Uh, but then we also present it compellingly. Yeah. And that comes from the personal experience yeah. uh, of just knowing this really matters. This really makes a difference yeah. uh, in my life. It should make a difference in your life too, and and that is is a way that too we uh, I should say a time that we connect you know Christ's sacrifice for us, His resurrection, with everything else in life. So, for instance, Romans eight thirty two, for He who did not spare His own Son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Mm-hmm. Well, that scripture is arguing from the greater to the lesser. You know, if, if he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not give us, you, you know, all things that, that are good for us? If we don't realize what that first part says, we're, we're going to have a hard time believing the second part. Mm. And what the first part says is, you had absolutely no hope before God. Mm-hmm. Nothing, the very best you could do, put the Son of God on the cross in your place to incur the wrath of God. And I, earlier, as you were talking, Devin, I was thinking about Romans 3, 
uh, 19, after Paul goes through you know, the, these three chapters of saying how, you know, if you're, if you're Jewish, you're, you're condemned. If you're an unbeliever, you're condemned. Because you know, no one lives up to God's standards. And then he says in verse 19, chapter 3, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped mm. and the whole world may be held accountable to God. So that's, that's where we're at. The whole world is being held accountable to God, and none of us lives up to God's standards except for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I stand in front of people and sing a song about, you know, your blood has washed away my sins, Jesus, thank you, I don't want to be singing that in a perfunctory way. Mm-hmm. I want to be singing that with the, the awareness that, Oh, you washed away my sins this morning. You washed away my sins from yesterday, from this past week, from last month, the, the last, you know, all my life, and all the sins I'm yet, I've yet to commit. <laughs> You've washed them all away. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, and on the cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. It's like, wow, that's amazing. Mm. So clearly, compellingly, and consistently, yeah. mm. I, I think we just start to think, well, there are other emphases we can do. You know, mm-hmm. we can we can start, you know, I mean, this has been a test this past year with, you know, COVID, with, with uh, uh, racial things, with uh, climate change. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that we can be distracted by, not that things aren't important, but we can't lose sight of what is our greatest problem and our greatest solution. And that is Jesus Christ. Our greatest problem was that we were separated from God. And he provided the answer for us mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ, which yeah. is why every time we gather, Christ is to be our center. Christ and what he's done is to drive our affections and our responses and I would say our identity. I mean, if if our meetings are Christ-centered and gospel-driven, they they should be diverse. We should allow for different political opinions. We should be able to have people of different ethnicities and cultures and races together worshiping God because our identity isn't in our ethnicity or our mm-hmm. background or experience mm-hmm. or our social st- status. It's in Christ, and that's a real thing. Now, it may take some getting used to, but the gospel gives us hope that in Christ we have been brought near to God yep. through Amen. the power of the Spirit. Amen. And I, I think all that you're saying highlights the importance of the practice of the Lord's Supper. Yes, good. Yep. And uh, and there's 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 a specific mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. that Jesus wants to be remembered by His people. Yes. And uh, and so I mean, it's amazing. It is remarkable. And so 1 Corinthians 10, mm-hmm. Paul's writing, when you come together, talks about the Lord's Supper. I think it's 11. But that's well, right. no, and then first, that's oh. when you come together. Got it. 1 Corinthians 11, uh, when he's given specific... Uh, I was surprised to hear you make that mistake, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul writes, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this mm. is my body, which is for you. Mm. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Hmm. And Paul writes, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hmm. And so, I mean, there's this instruction. 
This simple instruction, do this in remembrance of me. Remember what I have done for you, my my body broken for you, my mm-hmm. blood mm-hmm. shed for you. And do this until I come, until yeah, I return. Yes, yes. Uh, and I mean, you were talking about identity and this this meal that we share together as God's people, as the as the local church, uh, is reflective of that identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and 1 Corinthians 10, Paul's talking about this participation that we have with one another and with Christ's body. Yeah. Um, we are, when we are united to Christ, so God, so Jesus has done this reconciling work for us, mm. redeemed us. We are reconciled to him, but we're also reconciled to one another. We're yes. joined to, yeah. to yeah. his body. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that's also an expression of what it means to be gospel-centered. And that's mm-hmm. when we talk about specifically diversity, as you were just mentioning, I mean, that's where we see this tangible expression, wow, that that we have been brought together yes. in the blood of Christ and through this work, yes. and to enjoy that and to uh, look forward to that and to um, yeah, just rejoice in all that God has done. Yes. Uh, and I love, you pointed out earlier, just this is the way that God has always worked. Yeah. Um, since the beginning. And so, yeah. I mean, even in, I was thinking about Psalm 107, and mm. it's... Um, uh, these these little stories of people that are just in desperation yeah. and in need, and every one oh give thanks to the Lord for He is good for His steadfast mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. endures forever. He has redeemed His people, uh, He has delivered them, and, and just this consistent refrain of rejoicing in the deliverance we've received. Yes. And that was true under the old covenant. That is true under the new covenant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what we rejoice in. This is what we want our our gatherings. Anytime we gather together, we want to be reminded of this. Not only reminded, but stirred by it and rejoice in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just thought of this. I, I it's this is a well. I, no, I think it's a true analogy. I'll be married forty five years in August to the same woman, Julie. Just the most amazing woman I've ever known. I never get tired of of calling to mind uh, the fact that she said yes to my request to um, uh, ask her to marry me. At the time, I didn't realize how great a thing it was. Mm. In fact, this past Valentine's Day, I gave her a Valentine's Day card, because uh, I that was kind of the beginning of our relationship back in 1972. Mm-hmm. Gave her a Valentine's Day card and 16 other girls, and... Um, and she was the only one who responded. And it's, it's a bad story. If you want to read it, you can Google redeeming Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I told her, if I knew now what I knew then, mm. I would have not given a Valentine's Day card to any other person. I would have just given it to you. I would have gotten down on my knees and begged you to take this card <laughs> because uh, knowing what you know God was going to do. But mm. I, I never get tired of rehearsing the fact that God brought us together. Well, how much more should we never get tired of rehearsing mm. the fact that God has reconciled us to himself? Amen. You know, It's like where we were headed was eternal damnation. Hmm. And now where we're headed is eternal pleasures at his right hand. It's just incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. praise God. So may we never tire that and may we and, and may, may being gospel driven, gospel focused, gospel centered never become just a slogan. Yes. It's biblical. And it's right. what our gatherings are meant to inspire as we gather that we, you know, we come out of those meetings freshly grateful, freshly humbled by, freshly amazed by the fact that God 
would send Jesus Christ, his son, to pay for our sins, reconcile us to himself, and adopt us into his family. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Amen. Amen. It is amazing. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, joining us, and uh, we will continue this conversation. Yep. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.